This week on Studio Berlin, the rise of the Greens in Germany, an inside look with a longtime Greens politician, what he says is behind the party's popularity. We are the party which is openly and directly confronting AfD with their right-wing populism. How the Greens push back against populism and team up with conservatives. It still takes a minute to get your head around that, that the Greens are helping the CDU to elect the mayor in Gerlitz. What does the surge of the Greens mean for Germany's political landscape? What's happening is that the Greens are becoming mature. Coming up on Studio Berlin, breaking down the Greens' success with a former member of parliament. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our new current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Each week, we'll take a closer look at the events shaping our lives here in Germany's capital. As Greens, we are very happy about the result. What's also an interesting color on this uh, chart tonight is this one here, right? The green. The green wave has really spread all over Europe. I'm your host, Eric Kirschbaum, and in today's show, we'll be tackling the question, What's behind the rise of Germany's Greens Party? And what does that mean for Angela Merkel's grand coalition in the political landscape in Germany, as there are three big important state elections coming up later this year in eastern Germany? For this week's discussion, I'm joined by Özcan Mutlu, a leader in the Greens Party in Berlin and a former member of parliament, as well as Andreas Klut, a Berlin-based journalist who was previously the bureau chief of The Economist and editor-in-chief of Handelsblatt Global. Good to have you here. Hello, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hi there. Nein, wir haben keine Angst vor guten Wahlergebnissen. So this is the co-leader of the Greens, Robert Habeck, and he's speaking right after the European elections. Eine Hoffnung wecken, die erfüllt werden muss. He's downplaying that optimism, even though the Greens are doing so well, and he says they're raising hopes, but they need to keep those hopes fulfilled without disappointing them again. Erzkan, what do you think's going on with the Greens? Why are they so strong at the moment? There are two main reasons, I suppose. One is uh, all these climate change and climate crisis discussions uh, which are ongoing worldwide and uh, which was uh, forced by the Friday for Future movement uh, showed the people that the Greens, who always talked about this issue since their foundation as a party, are the most authentic one, are the one with the realistic steps towards fighting climate crisis. So this is one main reason. The second uh, reason is, I suppose, we are the party which is openly and directly confronting AfD with their right-wing populism. Uh, all the other big parties are trying to discuss, trying to get the voters from the AfD, etc., etc. And the Greens are the ones who are clearly... Uh, have a standpoint on right-wing extremism, etc., uh, etc. Et and I, I think these two factors are the main reason for our stability in the polls. So the first shock came with the European elections on May 26 when the Greens got 20%. And then a week or two later in the polls, they were at 27% ahead of the CDU for the first time. Three or four opinion polls show the Greens are the biggest party in Germany right now and could have the next chancellor. 
Andreas, do you think uh, the Greens should pick the new next chancellor? Will the, will the next German leader be from the Greens? Until now, we all uh, thought that AKK, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, the Christian Democrat, will be the next chancellor, and there was a question in what constellation. But of course, if uh, the Greens keep up their good polling and in an actual election uh, and and were stronger, then of course the Greens could, could field a chancellor, and then it could be Robert Habeck, but I'd like to add it could also be the, the co-leader of the Greens, Annalena Baerbock. Uh, they always have a man and a woman in the leadership together. So it, it, I, I, could, I could imagine a Green Chancellor. What do you think, Urs John? Who should be the, the Chancellor from the Greens? Uh, it's not up to me to decide who is going to be the Chancellor of the Greens and the next uh, coalition. But uh, we have good personnel. We have a lot of personnel uh, uh, in comparison to the other parties. Uh, I mean, you look at this uh, SPD. They lost Nahles. And they are they are in a big hole in front of a big hole. They don't know who's going to lead the party uh, after December. Uh, similar uh, at the CDU, uh, Karrenbauer is the new leader of the party. Uh, she took over from Merkel, and she didn't deliver. Uh, and when you look around the CDU, you don't have enough people who are gonna take over if she fails. And Andrea Nalas is the former leader of the, of the SPD who just quit a few weeks ago. A few hours after a poll came out showing the SPD falling to third place behind the Greens. So, um, Andreas, this week there was a mayor's race in in the Saxony town of Gerlitz, and the Greens teamed up um, to, with the CDU to beat the AFD. Could you tell us a little bit about that? What you see there, what's happening is that the Greens are becoming mature. Um, because, you know, they were founded in the late 70s, entered the Bundestag in the early 80s, and they're now middle-aged. And they used to be radicals uh, and had the license to be irresponsible. And now they realize they have a a duty uh, to take care of democracy with the other centrist parties. And that's what you saw in Görlitz, where they realized that they're, from their point of view, and I, I agree that the alternative for Germany on the populist far right is a largely is a somewhat undemocratic, possibly anti-democratic party. And the Greens said, let's get our act together and make sure that the reasonable people stay in. And that, in this case, could even mean the Christian Democrats. It's a question, uh, or it's uh, open society versus closed society. And uh, AfD is anti-libertarian, is uh, fighting against immigration. Uh, Some leaders of the... AfD would kick me out of this country uh, if they would have the power to do so. So this is very, very crucial. Do I let them to uh, come to power or uh, do we uh, fight for ourselves, everybody on his track, and let the AfD just pass by and win the elections? Therefore, Görlitz was very, very important. And Görlitz was not the only incident. There were also other places where the democratic uh, spectrum of the German parties uh, stick together to fight this anti-libertarian and anti-democratic movement of AfD. It still takes a minute to get your head around that, that the Greens are helping the CDU to elect the mayor in Görlitz. That's something we'll talk about a little bit more. We're talking about the rise of the Greens in Germany at KCRW Berlin and what it means for Merkel's Grand Coalition and the future political landscape in Germany. We'll be right back after a short break. Sadistic, poisonous, anti-human, and sneaky. 
like a fly on the wall. You wouldn't hear us or you wouldn't see us. How can we mix it up? How can we stir it up? I bugged my car. On the next Radio Lab. A grotesque invasion of privacy. Smile. Smile. You're, You're on, on handed camera. camera. Tune into Radio Lab Sundays at 12 p.m. on KCRW Berlin. You've been listening to Studio Berlin. We'll continue our inside look into the surge of the greens after this message. Hi there. I'm Evan Kleiman, host of Good Food. This coming Tuesday, June 25th, is Bourdain Day. It's a day for the global community to celebrate the late Anthony Bourdain, the chef and storyteller who taught so many of us how to eat and explore the world. This week, we're revisiting some of my favorite interviews with him from over the years. Join us in remembering the great Anthony Bourdain this Sunday morning at 11 a.m. KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. I'm Eric Kirschbaum. I'm an author and freelance writer in Berlin and produce stories on Germany for the Los Angeles Times. With me are Andreas Kluth, an American journalist with German roots, and Ersjan Mutlo, a Greens Party politician with Turkish roots. A little girl asks, Grandpa, why are the fish dead? He answers, because the industry poisoned the river. Who told you that? The Greens, he says, they're working towards a clean environment. Yeah, well, that was an ad from 1980. That was a long, long time ago. We're 40 years on, and the Greens were a small party with a bunch of flower pots coming into the Bundestag for the first time, and now they're on the verge of power at the federal level. So, Andreas, in Baden-Württemberg, the Greens are leading a coalition with the CDU. That's been pretty successful since about 2011. Do you think that's possible at the federal level? Is that what the next German coalition is going to look like, the Greens on top with the CDU? Yes, I think it's possible, and I think it's desirable. I think it could be uh, possibly in um, what they call a Jamaica coalition with the Liberals, uh, the third and junior party in that in that matchup. I'll tell you why. I mean, for, for many years, it was considered unimaginable because they were polar opposites, the Christian Democrats, conservative, and then the, shall we say, hippie Greens on the other side. But I, I just want to relate uh, a very fascinating conversation I once had with a pollster about that, is that... The Greens and even the liberal free Democrats and the Christian Democrats often, not always, often come out of the same demographic households, that they tend to be educated and often even pretty well-off, high-income people, which is, by the way, one one reason why the Greens don't do well when they emphasize redistribution and lefty stuff. But they tend to come from the same dinner table where maybe dad votes CDU, the daughter votes Green, and the son possibly is, is currently voting FTP or something like that, which means it's very Freudian. It's very it's very passionate, the disagreements. But at the end of the day, they can get together. Whereas the some of the other parties in, uh, in the Bundestag, including the Social Democrats, there's much more blue-collar uh, base um, uh, and from a different demographic background. So I think I think there uh, there is a lot of overlap. And uh, since climate is now the new sort of lowest common denominator for all parties, the Christian Democrats and the Greens, for instance, that shouldn't be a problem. I can very well see them getting together and getting used to it. What do you think, Erzstein? The Greens are in uh, many different uh, coalitions uh, in Germany. We have a, a federal system, 16 states. And we are uh, in about eight uh, coalitions in different states and different colors. We have uh, green, black, 
Green and CDU in uh, Baden-Württemberg. We have CDU Greens in uh, the state of Hessen. And we have a bunch of other uh, coalitions like in Berlin, red, red, green, or in Thuringia, again, red, red, green, etc. So we are used to different coalitions. For us, it's uh, not important which color the party has, as long as it's a democratic party, and as long as we find a way to sign a coalition where the green handwriting is clearly visible, where we can deliver what we're saying in our programs, then we signed this coalition contract. Last time, 2017, we could have a Jamaica coalition with Christian Democrat, Liberals, and the Greens. And we almost agreed on all topics, except one topic which was not so crucial. It's the Solidaritätszuschlag. That is something people now pay still for supporting the eastern part of the country, solid, solidarity with the east. Um, and the, uh, the liber, liberal party wanted to get rid of that. And we said, we will get rid of that too, but we have to do it slowly, not from today to tomorrow. And that's why we didn't have the Jamaica coalition. So uh, what I'm trying to tell you is we are ready. And if the people say 27% or 28% for the Greens, uh, at the ballots, at the votings, then we are also ready to uh, look for a smaller partner in the coalition. Oh, the Greens and the CD used to be diametrically opposed, and now they're getting closer as we're, as we're hearing here. Um, is it the Greens moving, or is the CDU under Merkel moving? And, and what do you think this all means for the future of Merkel? Uh, well, I think the... The Greens, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm hoping that they will mature. I, I, I haven't even said whether I'm, I, I trust the Greens or not. They, there have been an opposition. They can talk. But they, I, I hope they used to have a battle between two wings, a pretty radical wing and a centrist wing. And I hope that the centrist wing, which is governing in the southwest of Germany, prevails. And so the Greens have to move a bit and become centrist. And the Christian Democrats, they have over the entire... Uh, the many years of Angela Merkel's reign, they have moved into the center and arguably too far left for a lot of Christian Democrats. So they've both moved and that makes it possible as well. Yes. For for Merkel, what does it mean for Merkel? Merkel's a lame duck. She's on the way out. She's hoping to to stage manage this, her remaining time in office uh, and in such a way that her chosen heir apparent, heiress apparent, uh, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, gets a sort of an apprenticeship or internship to learn on the job. That's all she's hoping. Erskine, um Merkel's been in power now for um, 15 years, and we all know it was a breath of fresh air when the Greens got into power in 1998, um, and they're changing the laws on citizenship, renewable energy, and gay rights. I can well imagine you think it's time for a change again right now, but what needs to be changed the most in Germany, in your view? We have to take uh, in all entities of the state that's that issue of climate crisis seriously. This is uh, the most, the, the greatest danger humanity faces. And therefore, a leading country in the European Union like Germany has to be a role model for other countries in the European Union and uh, in uh, the world uh, uh, in general. 
and that is uh, i think the main main issue which which we should face in a coalition uh, whoever will be our coalition partner and the second issue is uh, for me as a person who immigrated to this country 45 years ago that uh, fighting for uh, the open society fighting for democracy fighting for uh, equal rights uh, for all people who live in this country and of course fighting uh, demographics that means opening our country for more immigration we are not the classical immigration country like the us but we are facing a lot of problems in different fields uh, we do not need only uh, people uh, who work in our hospitals or it experts uh, meanwhile we need experts and trained people in all branches of the industry uh, uh, we we cannot deliver by ourselves so therefore we have to uh, make a more liberal immigration policy uh, realistic. Uh, that doesn't mean open borders for everybody, but it is crucial to uh, steer immigration. You're listening to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. We'll continue our conversation after a short break. Stay tuned. Coming soon to KCRW Berlin, Wednesday 3pm, a new series of short stories capturing observations, encounters and snapshots of life, starting June 26th here on 104.1 FM. You've been listening to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin. Our inside look at Germany's political landscape with a former member of parliament continues after the break. Why is it nearly impossible for a victim of human trafficking to escape? She left the apartment. She's in a foreign country. And of course, she's thinking about her kids. And if she escapes, will the trafficker hurt them? So she goes back to the apartment. Next time on the New Yorker Radio Hour, what it takes to help victims of human trafficking. That's next time on the New Yorker Radio Hour. Catch the New Yorker Radio Hour Saturdays at 1 p.m. on KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin, our new current affairs show on KCRW Berlin. I'm Eric Kirschbaum, and with me in the studio are Erzjan Mutlow with the Greens and journalist Andreas Klut. We're talking about the rise of the Greens and the state of the Grand Coalition in Germany. And we're three men with very little power sitting here talking about Angela Merkel, Germany's most powerful woman, maybe the most powerful woman in Europe, and we're speculating whether or not she has much power left. What do you think? Has Merkel got a lot of power? Is she going to still be in power in 2021? I don't think that she will stay in power until the next election, which are going to be in the autumn of 2021 regularly. I suppose after the three elections in the eastern part of the country, uh, the uh, Social Democrats uh, will face a, a big problem. Uh, there are a lot of uh, people within the Social Democrat Party who from the beginning said that the Grand Coalition is destroying them and these people will be powerful and they may end the coalition. And afterwards, I don't think that any other party, I mean, especially not the Greens, uh, are going to take over for uh, the next uh, 15, 16 months. 
What do you think, Andreas? Do you think the Grand Coalition is going to last till uh, the fall of 2021, or will there be a new election sooner? I think it's uh, almost exactly 50-50 because, uh, you know, it depends largely on the Social Democrats and whether they walk out. However, I think there is still a chance, an even chance, that that it will last for the simple reason that neither the Social Democrats nor the Christian Democrats really have any interest right now in breaking it up and calling early elections. Uh, If if anybody had an interest in that, it would be the Greens because they would gain many seats and maybe uh, maybe win – but I think um, the Christian, even the Christian Democrats are still hoping to have that apprenticeship period for Anna Gret Crump Karrenbauer and to have her learn in office and get through this slump. Why don't the Greens want to have new elections now? Why are they hesitant about elections? If I were in the Greens, I would say, Let, let's go vote tomorrow. Let's get our 27 percent locked in. Why are you assuming the Greens don't want a new election? Because one or two of them have said that on a talk show. You don't, you shouldn't believe them. Of course, they would be happy to have a new election. They would gain. You're right. Those talk shows, Habeck and all these people are saying, no, we don't want an election until 2021. I'm an elected voter. No, no, no. Voter. We, we, did, we didn't say we don't want to have election until 2021. Uh, we said it's not uh, the, question, the question up to us. We are not in the government. We are not in the coalition. So if the coalition breaks and there is no other government uh, possibility, there will be definitely new election. And we are ready for new election. We are ready uh, to wait until autumn 2021, but we are also ready for election next spring or next summer. Okay, well, you heard that here first on KCRW Berlin. Let's take a quick look at the upcoming elections in Eastern Germany this fall. Eastern Germany is an interesting place. They vote differently than in the West. Um, the Greens don't do as well in the East as in the West. Why is that, Urshan? Because the issues we, which we are talking about are not core issues of the people in the East. Environmental policies, renewable energy, or even uh, all these libertarian sayings of the Greens, democracy, etc. That doesn't fell on uh, good soil in the East because the people in the East believe they have other problems. Their problem is unemployment. Their problem is uh, uh, economical. Their problem is all the refugees and the immigrants overfloating the country, which is not true, but they believe that. To give you an example, the uh, neighboring state of Berlin, Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, has uh, an amount of immigrants of less than 1%. They uh, They have unemployment around 20%. But if you would interview people on the streets in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, they would say the immigrants are taking away our jobs. It's not mathematically possible that 1% of immigrant population causes 20% of unemployment. But people are not used to immigration, to immigrants uh, in comparison to the West. We had the guest worker program in the early 60s. So Germans and immigrants somehow got in touch on the working place, on the streets, in housing, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't have this experience in the East, and that's why the AfD is so strong with their populist wrong sayings in the East. Go ahead, Andres. What yeah, do you think? I, I think? I think the, the full story is a bit more complicated and even more interesting than that because really it goes back to reunification because what you saw in East Germany is that the East Germans never really adopted or became familiar with uh, the West German party system. And the Greens are very much part of that party system. Um, 
You know, the, the, the narrative of the East Germans uh, was that reunification was a takeover, not a merger. And as a result, you have, you know, three types of voter in the East that you don't have to this extent in the West. One is the non-voter, which is a protest vote against the system. The second is the the, the many votes for the left party, which is a descendant via various name changes of the Socialist Unity Party of East Germany. That is also a protest vote ultimately against the in their view, the West German system, and now the alternative for Germany voters. So those three together, and the AFD could even, they, they placed first in the European election in Saxony, the, they could even come in first in some of these eastern states. Um, and I, I think there, that is a particular East German cocktail that you see there. And that's it for this edition of Studio Berlin. Thank you, Erzlan Mutlow. He's a leader of the Greens Party in Berlin and a former member of parliament and perhaps once again a member of parliament after the next election, whenever that comes. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Andreas Klute. He's a Berlin-based journalist who has been the bureau chief of The Economist previously and editor-in-chief of Handelsblatt Global. Thank you, Eric. I'm Eric Kirschbaum. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening to Studio Berlin, our new current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Make sure to tune in next Saturday and have a great weekend.